the way it works is like the lambs eat probably around 1.2 kilograms of dry matter per day and it's we're getting what we're seeing in the trials that we're doing in FNRI is that there's a sweet spot in terms of of, of yield around four and a half five five and a half tons per hectare that that's a good crop this year's weather continues to play havoc with tillage farmers plans there may be a break in the weather in the coming days but time will tell the late harvest on many farms delayed planting of cover crops However, Manny did manage to squeeze in the planting and most of these crops are looking good at the moment. Now the decision for these crops is how can they be destroyed before the next crop or perhaps how can I make some more money from them? You're listening to the latest episode of The Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. We would really appreciate it if you could listen, follow and give us a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Grazing cover crops planted post-harvest has been a feature of many farms for a long time. But the practice of leasing land by specialist tillage farmers to fatten or graze sheep by other farmers is more recent. There are a number of factors to consider in this. And with this in mind, I'm delighted to be joined by Michael Godstein, the head of the sheep program in Chagas, to talk about these factors. Michael, before we talk about the cover crops, you might just tell us how is the sheep sector performing at the moment? So look at, I suppose, how is the sheep industry doing? Um, we could always be doing better, I suppose, no better, no different to the tillage um, side of the house. Um, look, at the, the the margins are tight and it's not so much that the the product price hasn't ha- has increased, you know, in the last couple of years quite well, but the, the, the input costs are huge. And that's I suppose that's what 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 has kind of taken the gloss off it. Like so, you know, in terms of of profitability i suppose this year and last year weren't super years for for sheep farmers you know 2021 was a, was a by far a much much better year um but on the i suppose what we're going to be talking about in terms of store lambs and the store lamb trade i mean people who've been finishing store lambs have had you know reasonably good and very good years over the last kind of 10 12 um 13 years you know they've been good years on balance um when we look at them for for farmers some years better than others Last year probably was one of the, the, the less exciting years, but, you know, still a, a profitable enterprise across the board. Like, OK, well, look, that's that, that that's good to hear. Look, probably your enterprise is no different than the tillage then in terms of a, there's a cost price squeeze and it's pretty difficult to kind of make a margin out of it. And just, I suppose, in, in linking up the two of them, um, there are, you know, lots of cover crops out there, probably maybe like a little bit less this year than than last year, given the kind of the poor um, spring and later harvest that, that, that that's out there. And I suppose maybe the first question in terms of bringing uh, store lambs or, or maybe sheep in general onto the likes of these cover crops, are sheep happy enough grazing that kind of a forage? Yeah. So generally, I suppose what we find is, is um when you're introducing the sheep on um, most of the work we'd be doing, we'd be kind of introducing them slowly over a week. So, you know, they kind of concentrate on the grass area. So maybe have a, a, a grass run back or maybe, you know, that they'll concentrate on the on the, the kind of grass and volunteer weeds around the outside. Um, and then once they get onto the crop, they're quite happy. But there's there's a kind of a, a training in period there where where they're you know basically looking for what they're used to until they get used to the taste but once they acquire the, the taste of the these forage crops they tend to to be quite happy to graze on them and and uh, tend to do quite well on on them so on all of the brassicas we're getting pretty good um you know performance figures as well from them okay and in, in a lot of those situations those on tillage farms brassicas were used a lot in the past and Maybe increasingly now people are trying to turn away from a little bit just due to club root issues and, and things like that. And there's probably more 
or different species starting to come into it, the likes of phacelias, there's vetches, there's rice and oats and, and that kind of thing. Are, are they palliative or attractive or even nutritionally reasonable for, for, for sheep in terms of the job we're trying to do? Yeah, so in terms of, of getting sheep to graze them, I don't think there's any major issues. Um, I suppose in terms of the animal performance as, as aspect of those particular crops, I just don't have the data on it. We haven't done any work on that in Ireland. Um, and maybe that's something that we need to start looking at. Um, Michael, you know, if there's a couple of farmers there that are willing to, to do a few weights, we might we might do a little bit of performance work on that. But, you know, in, in general, like there's two benefits, I suppose, from... from from grazing these forage crops one is that we we tend to get a little bit increased intake in them and the second thing is, is that generally the sheep are going on to an area where there is very little disease pressure in 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 terms of parasites um so there's there's a kind of a benefit like when you take sheep off an all sheep farm or you know a predominantly sheep farm where there's lots of parasites that are challenging the sheep you take them onto a tillage um farm so there's a benefit in terms of reduced parasite challenge and then we're getting increased intake as, in particularly with the brassicas where we would have the data but i would suspect it wouldn't be a whole pile different if you were looking at oats or or, or vetches or things like that. Okay. And in terms of, you know, the grass growth, I suppose, towards the back end has been relatively good on most farms. Um, will that prolong the amount of time that maybe the store lambs might stay on the home farm, if you like, before they're either brought to mart and sold or maybe that particular farmer is looking for somewhere else to fatten up those lambs? Is, is it any different this year than other years? I don't think so, Michael. I think in general, the, the people who have grass to finish lambs traditionally will finish, finish their lambs and, um, you know, the people who sell the vast majority of store lambs are people that are maybe on hill, hilly areas that have less green ground, you know, need the green ground for other livestock categories on the farm, maybe suckler cows or, or yews for, for, for mating, preparing yews for mating. And they have to get the lambs off the farm simply because they don't have the green area um, or the land type or quality maybe to finish those lambs. So while I suppose the good grass growth in the back end may encourage some cattle farmers maybe to buy store lambs um you know and the, the i suppose from a sheep point of view that that would be welcome because i think there are probably less tillage farmers out there this year with the crops um michael simply because of the the, the new changes in the regs um and the kind of confusion that was there over those um at the start like you know and and of course the later harvest and things like that so look at at the moment i suppose store lamb prices um, are not booming and haven't been booming uh, this year, you know, and, and part of that is is demand, you know, that there's just, there hasn't been that much demand. And like we would, we'd be welcoming if if, if cattle farmers and, and farmers across the country um, would buy store lambs because it'll take the, it'll take the pressure off off the trade at the moment. And, um, you know, sheep farmers, are, I suppose, are, are hard pressed as well and need need an income from those and need to be able to sell the lambs at a reasonable price. And, and there is, I suppose, very positive market outlooks in, in terms of, you know, the value that people will get from finishing those lambs in terms of and, and the profit that they'll leave, the margin that they leave. And Michael, not knowing a whole lot about sheep now necessarily one way or the other, but are those store lambs out in the market at the moment or is the, is the is there a, you know, the majority of them likely to come in the next few weeks or are, are they gone already? I'm not sure where they are. No, no. So look at, I mean, the store lambs start coming kind of in July, you know, mostly lowland lambs, August, September, then it really starts racking up. And um, this year, what we would have seen is a delay in store lambs coming out. Um, you know, so talking to some of the market managers that might normally have had maybe 250 lots in in kind of, you know, late August, early September or mid-September um, on a market, they were down to 160, 170 lots. 
Um, so, you know, we were thinking a lot of that was maybe weather related. So lambs didn't do very good early on. Um, we had a very bad March and April. Um, and then concentrate uh, feed prices were very high. So lots of farmers that might in the past have have fed lambs, um, you know, chose not to feed lambs simply because of the cost of the concentrates. And then the, the performance of lambs would have been back a little bit. And we were thinking maybe farmers are holding them on a little bit longer to just try and get that weight up. So th th there's two kind of thoughts. Out there. One is that, you know, maybe there isn't as many lambs out there as we think there is, that, you know, the spring might have taken a toll on that. Um, and the second one is that they, they were a little bit slower coming. So there's a lot of lambs coming on stream at the moment, and that's really going to ramp up over the next couple of weeks because farmers are going to need to free up ground to bring yours down um, for mating and things like that. So the last thing they want is lambs knocking around. So look, we're, we're really in the peak of the store lamb selling period at the moment, you know, and, and we will be for another, um, you know, few weeks. So would you have any idea in terms of, um, you know, where a tillage farmer is growing a relatively good um, cover crop say a brassica uh, dominated kind of cover crop, there's a good bit of stuff on it or, or he, there, there intends to be a decent bit of stuff on it, but you know, maybe up to halfway up to, to, to your knee. I'm, I'm taller than most. My knee's probably higher than most, I suppose, but a, a reasonably good crop of stuff. What sort of carrying capacity would be on that in terms of, and I don't know how you measure it, is it lambs per week, lambs per day? I'm not exactly sure. How do you, what would it be? Yeah, so look at the way the way it works is like the lambs lead probably around one point two kilograms of dry matter per day, and it's we're getting what we're seeing in the trials that we're doing in Athenry is that there's a sweet spot in terms of 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 yield around four and a half five five and a half tons per hectare, um, you know, so that that's a good crop. Um, no, the really strong crops maybe some of the early sown stuff. Um, you know, if it starts going over six and even into seven tons per hectare, and we'd see that occasionally with July sown, things like red start maybe or uh, forage rape, um, our utilization really drops because an awful lot of that yield is actually in the stem and the lambs aren't really going to eat that stem. You know, it's the leaf thereafter and they seem to knock an awful lot of it and break it down. So the sweet spot seems to be around kind of, you know, four, four and a half, five ton um, dry matter per hectare. And if you take that, your lambs are, are eating um, uh, two kgs per day are utilizing two kgs a day. They're eating about 1.2 and we're getting about 60%. On average in Athenry, what we're seeing is about 60% utilization of the crop. Like, you know, because there's a, there's a trade-off, Michael, in terms of trying to get utilize it, getting them to utilize absolutely everything and trying to maximize um, animal performance. So you can really force them to, you know, eat the stems and all of that, but your animal performance is going to be much poorer. Like, and so kind of 60% utilization is roughly the sweet spot. So if you take take that figure of two kilograms of dry matter per hectare and take a four ton crop, which would be a good crop now, I suppose, uh, um, coming off uh, a winter so it'd it'd probably be from, from work here, I suppose, Michael, it'd probably be crops that are after performing reasonably well, but would have needed to been sown probably in early August, I'd say, for to, to get to that level. Yeah, late July, early August, I'd be thinking, yeah. So it, those type of crops, you'll be talking about 2,000 lamb grazing days per hectare. Okay, so so you could put 2,000 lambs in for a hectare for a day, or if you have 1,000 lambs, it'd be two days, you know, and, 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 and I suppose that's the easiest way to work it out. It's roughly around two, two kgs of dry matter per day is what we're allocating. And look at, you know, obviously, if you let them run through, you know, 50 hectares of it, they'll walk an awful lot more of it into the ground than if you're stripping it. But I think, uh, I suppose, it, it, again, in Athenry, we give them two-day breaks. 
if the weather is very bad, we give them one day breaks, but there's a significant workload associated with, you know, giving those breaks. And I'd say on large scale tillage farms with big numbers of lambs, that's probably not as practical. Um, Sorry, describe that to me now. What's a, what's a, what's a break? So we're basically putting a, a break in within the, it's like, like effectively strip grazing them, you know, so they're being grazed in blocks, like basically, um, and we give them a fresh block of, of crop every, every, every two days. Um, okay. and then, so that, that involves basically, you know, running electric fences through it and, and trying to break down the crop where the electric fence is running. Um, so it, it, it maximizes your utilization. Um, it's important for us because we're measuring lots of, of, of data on those lambs in terms of intakes and yields and all of that type of stuff. Um, I suppose in a commercial farm, generally people are block grazing it. You know, they're giving bigger blocks, maybe a week or 10 days, or, you know, the block could be the field, you know, um, or, or, or part of the fields, like, you know. And in terms of supplementation with the, you know, with fertile lambs on that kind of fodder, is it, is it, is it, is it needed, I suppose, in the first place? Is it is it a special mix of stuff that's needed? Is there extra minerals needed in it? Yeah, so generally, we do, uh, I don't think there's a need for concentrate supplementation, okay? so But there would be a need for mineral supplementation, in particular if the lambs are on the crop for a long period of time. So if, if we were talking about putting light for lambs, you know, kind of, you know, 25, 30, 35, say south of 35 kilo lambs on those crops, like they're going to be on it for a while. Um, and in that situation, uh, mineral supplementation is is required. So that can be either by giving them free access buckets, um, you know, leak buckets, or um, probably a bolus. And the bolus should probably contain iodine and selenium, um, just because the brassicas um, tend to be very low in iodine. That's generally what what we would do in terms of the mineral side of things. The other supplement would be long fiber. So I mean, we we generally recommend that they have access to long fiber. And look at they will eat very very little of that, um, but in all our trials we put a put a a, a, a hay rack in with with some straw. Um, it's just the easiest thing to move in. Um, they eat very little of it, um, but at least they have that fiber available. Now, if there's a grass run back and there 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 you know are an awful lot of volunteer cereals after coming up with the crop, then there's probably plenty of fiber in those. Like you know, um, but generally we would advocate that they should have access to. Um, you know, long fiber as well, and it's good that you brought up the uh, the, the, the kind of the runback because um, there was a lot of comings and goings, I suppose, with those runbacks. Uh, this year, the department had some very strict guidelines, and then they eased a bit and then they eased a good bit more. And kind of where it sits at the moment is that the and uh, there's a three meter buffer around all exter- external boundaries, which is the first one I suppose to mention, and the second one is a four meter along a boundary that has a water feature in it. So I think mm. first and foremost that farmers need to make sure they exclude uh, sheep out of those anyway in, in, in the first instance. But then the second one then is this lieback area. Um, it's now gone to for every, uh, they need three hectares of, of stubble or grass for every second, seven hectares of cover crops. And the question I wanted to ask you was, or maybe you might might have a bit of information on it, how do sheep utilize that you know, lieback area? Do, do, do they prefer grass to stubble or have you seen or have you any research to say that there's a benefit in it? Yeah, from from a sheep point of view, that's actually a disaster, Michael. Um, and we we have we have some experience on that. Like we we introduced the lambs in in Athenry, the lowland lambs and the hill lambs onto the crops. They have a grass runback. Like that's the practice we use. If you don't if you don't fence them onto the crop, you won't get them onto the crop. 
Um, so, like, you know, from a sheep grazing point of view, that uncultivated or non-brassica containing runback and the, the, the inability to basically fence them onto the crop is really is going to be problematical in terms of getting the sheep onto it. So what's going to happen in effect there is they're going to sit on that runback um, un- until they have absolutely everything grazed off it before they, they venture into the crop, like, you know. Um, and from an animal performance point of view, that's that's not what we want, like, so... Um, look what I'd say there's a bit more thinking needs to happen on that like um, you know sheep are not animals that, that do a lot of poaching or damage or you know um, and maybe that you know allowing them on to a one third of the crop in the initial and using that as a as a, as a run back would be would be a better or a solution but the idea of the sheep having access to grass or some alternative forage that they're used to eating um, will simply hamper them from getting onto the crop you know, it's going to it's it's going to be one of the challenges. OK, and I suppose look, that was the final question uh, that, that I did have for you around, um, you know, lots of farmers, tillage farmers, especially are very conscious about about poaching. And I suppose it's 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 uh, obviously they're not as heavy as as larger animals. They're not going to go down too far. But a lot of tillage farmers often find that there's a bit of a capping almost uh, for, for ground like that. Uh, where you have a lot of sheep, um, you know, on it for a period of time. Is there a way that you've you've found that to try and minimize that impact? Well, I suppose the way to minimize it would to would be to to have the breaks, like you know what I mean. And I, I assume the capping that you're talking about is probably around the the areas where they congregate, like so feeders and things like that. Um, I mean, generally, I think if they're moving through the crop, like I mean, we're talking about a you know, 35 to 45 kilo lamb, like, so the, the level of weight compared to, you know, an, a, a bovine is, is 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 very, very small. I know the hoof area is smaller as well, like, but generally we wouldn't see um, a lot of damage being done. Um, now, look at if you get very, very bad weather and they're, they're at the end of a break, you know, it, it, it can look um, quite bad, I suppose, when you're moving them on. Um, but we would generally find, like, is you know, a week later, it's, it's it seems to have recovered quite well. Like, you know, Michael, listen, I really appreciate your time. I know you're you're on the road there to to another meeting. So, look, thanks for 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 stopping off and uh, giving us a little bit of time in that. And uh, look, we might come back to you and, and chat to you again maybe later on in the year. No bother. Thanks for having me on. So that's it for this week. And my thanks to Michael for joining me on the show. Just a date for your diary, the Chagas ECT Week Conference will take place in the Kilishi Hotel on November the 8th at 10.30am. This event will delve into the increasing problem of grass weeds on tillage farms including black grass, herbicide resistant wild oats and rye grass and more. We will also hear from a number of farmers who have been working with the project over the past five years. So finally, don't forget if you enjoyed the podcast and recommend it to a friend or colleague, and as always, rate, review and follow on Apple or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more information, go to chargus.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.